excited, but this message today, it's hard to talk about uh, this message without getting excited because it's, I'm calling this our covenant removal of sin. And I think, I, I haven't, I've shared some of this stuff before, but not in the way I'm going to be doing it today. And to me, this is such an important point, a part of our covenant, that so many in the church have no idea how forgiven you are. Like, how forgiven are you? Are you forgiven till the next time you sin? Are you forgiven till what? There's all different theologies, all different opinions, but I'm telling you, the answer is in the covenant. The answer is in the covenant. It's not through a denomination. It's not through a theology. It's through the covenant. It's all this stuff goes through the covenant, okay? I'm going to show you this today, and I hope by the end, maybe some of you guys have some 5.2% or more of some African in you, and I might hear some amens, hallelujah, or some waving of some hankies or something like that going on to celebrate that you are forgiven. Jesus took your sins away. It's not a yo-yo thing. He's not playing these tricks with it and pulling it back, but he took them away. Okay, and that's the main point of this message today, is he took your sins away. So Colossians 2, 16 and 17, it says, Therefore do not let anyone judge you with what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath. These are the shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So you can see right now I have a shadow over here and I have a shadow over there because I've got these massive lights shining on me. Which one is better, a shadow or the real thing? The real thing is better than the shadow, right? Those Old Testament feasts and all those things were shadows pointing to something else. And the something else it's pointing to is Jesus, and Jesus is better. Amen? Amen? All, the type, all the feasts of the Old Testament, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the Noah's Ark, all these things are all symbols of Jesus, all scattered throughout the Old Testament. And so when we see these things, they are pointing to something, and they're pointing to Jesus. So today we're going to look at one of these feasts, because the feast was pointing to Jesus. And the feast we're going to look at is the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. Okay? The Day of Atonement is the most holy day on the Jewish calendar. This is the day when Israelites would celebrate their atonement or their covering of their sins for an entire year. Some of us don't have faith to believe our sins are covered for an entire day. Are we gay? Okay. I'm just being real. I mean, I'm talking personally, too. So I've struggled with this. I've struggled with shame. I've struggled with the theology of it. I've had to battle these things. But I'm telling you, I'm seeing this in the Word, and it's changing me. Because God does not remember my sins anymore. Not just past sins, but His one-time sacrifice paid for it all. It paid for everything. So look at Leviticus 20, 16, 29 through 30. It should be on the screen for you. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. On the tenth day of the seventh month, you must deny yourself and do not do, not do any work, whether native-born or an alien living among you. Because on this day, somebody say on this day. I feel, I feel my hanky coming. On this day, atonement will be made for you. You are not making the atonement. There was only a few animals involved in this thing. Atonement was made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. Shadow, shadow. Reality, Christ. Okay? This was a shadow pointing to, and this was good. This went for a whole year. A whole year they knew their sins were forgiven for that whole year. Christ, our sins are forgiven forever. Forever. 
It takes faith to believe it, but it's what the Word of God says. Amen? And faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So look at Levit- We're going to drop down Leviticus 23 now, 29 through 31. Anyone who does not deny himself on that day must be cut off from his people. I will destroy from among his people anyone who does any work on that day. You shall do, you shall do no work at all. This is to be a lasting ordinance for generations to come wherever you live. Now, I want to show you some foreshadows of grace in the New Testament in this. This is the fifth feast on our calendar, and five is the number for grace. It says, I will destroy from among his people anyone who does any work on that day. You shall do no work at all. Well, guess what? You cannot work for your salvation. You cannot work for it. If you work for it, you are frustrating the grace of God. You shall not do any work at all because atonement was made for you. It wasn't even your goat. It wasn't even your bull. It was provided by somebody else. It was provided by the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world for you and for me. Your sins have been blotted out. They are gone, eradicated. It's gone. It's gone. We, I, had a, I had a word spoken over me uh, not that long ago. James Woods, some of you guys remember him. He's such a great brother and friend and prophet. And uh, he was praying for me one day. And uh, I, I've, I've struggled some with yesterday from stuff from my past. It just feels like it still clings to me. I don't know why, but I just have at times. It wasn't like I was actively doing anything wrong. But just, I, think, I guess it's the devil. I guess what it is, just trying to put the accuser of the brother and trying to put stuff on, on me and stuff. And uh, he just said to me, he said, come out of yesterday. And he said it like really, really loud, like with authority, come out of yesterday. It was like I could just feel like something almost like vibrating inside of me. I just want to share that with you guys. Come out of yesterday. Amen. That is not how God sees you. That is not how God sees you. Atonement was made for them to, be clen- to cleanse them. It was the blood that cleansed them from all their sins, not their works. So he said, don't do any work on this day, because I don't want you to think that your work earned this cleansing of your sins for that entire year. You cannot, if you do it, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I think he was pretty serious about it. Now, praise God, he's not going to kill us today for, for that. But they were cut off or destroyed if they tried to work for their atonement, when it was something he wanted to provide for them. Okay? And it is his blood, the blood of Jesus, cleanses us from all of our sins. This is a work of grace, a work of the Holy Spirit, a work of his blood, not a work that you can do. You're going to frustrate your Christian walk, your Christian experience, if you try to work for your salvation. It says work out your salvation with fear and trembling, but it never says work for. Okay? It's been paid. Amen? So while all the other feasts, the seven feasts were all... Uh, they were feasts, but actually the Day of Atonement was actually a fast, and they required a fast for that whole, uh, whole day, and Jew- most Jews would fast 25 hours just to make sure they covered the whole day. They didn't want to shortchange God on that or anything. So for the high priest, this was the most important day of the year. Uh, this was the only day he was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies. Can you imagine that day? If you, it's your turn to be the high priest that year. You're like, oh, man. I get to go in there this year. That'd be so exciting. If you went in any other time, you just wanted to play peekaboo and look behind. You're, you're, they, were, they were dead. They were just struck down. You know why? Because your sins haven't been taken away yet. That's why God had to hide his presence behind that curtain because if it was out here, we'd all be dead. But now the curtain's been removed, amen? So uh, it, says, it says they entered one day a year, but if they went any other time, they would die. But it was this very special day where he was allowed to come into the presence of God and offer sacrifice to atone for his own sins and the sins of all the people. Now, after the high priest made all the required sacrifices for the Feast of Trumpets, 
he would go into seclusion for seven days to avoid becoming defiled or contaminated for his duties for the Day of Atonement because it was such a special day. He'd go away for like a week and just be by himself so he couldn't touch anything. No one could do anything to him. He'd be prepared for this special day. So the first sacrifice for sin was a sin offering of a bull. and that, that bull was killed for the sins of the high priest and for his family. And after that, there was two other sacrifices for sins that were goats. I'm going to show you this in Leviticus 16, 6 through 10. It says, Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He used to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the, the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot as a scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. Now, why was it this second goat, why was it sent into the desert? Well, it is believed by ancient Israel that... Uh, the, the desert was inhabited by the devil himself and demons. In Isaiah uh, thirteen twenty one, this is the Amplified Version, the very weird verse, but, but wild beasts of the desert will lie down there, and the people's houses will be full of doleful, howling creatures, and ostriches will dwell there, and wild goats like demons will dance there. Now that doesn't make you get some ebgbie ooh, weird stuff, and then you might not have seen it, but there's, that's... That's what they're saying, the demons. In Matthew 12, 43, Jesus said when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes into arid places or dry places or like a, like a desert, right, seeking rest. And if you think about when Jesus was tempted in Matthew 4, 1, where did he go? He was in a Judean desert. He was tempted there. So that's why they believe that. But according to tradition, the goats were brought before the high priest and golden lots were cast to see which one was going to be the scapegoat and which one was going to be killed like right then on the spot. So one was marked for Adonai, that means the Lord, and the other was, was marked for Azil, which is Satan. In Leviticus 16.10, we'll see this again, Amplified Version. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azil, or removal, shall be presented alive to make atonement over him, that he may be let go into the wilderness for Azil, or for dismissal. So the lot which fell on Adonai was immediately sacrificed for their sins. And they, the priest would lay his hands on that goat's head and impart the sins of all of Israel into that goat. I mean, that's amazing, right? And I was, but the goat on which the lot fell for Azil uh, was marked with a scarlet strip of wool. It was wrapped around its horns. I'm going to show you a picture of this. I've got a picture here for you guys, I believe. Yes. So you can see a, a high priest there, and he's putting this scarlet wool around the goat's horns. So at this point, uh, excuse me, he laid his hands on the impartation of sins, excuse me, not for the, well, he may have done it for both, but he did, definitely did it for the scapegoat. He laid his hands on the priesthood for that and symbolically transferred the sins of the people to the goat. The goat would then be released into the desert, thus symbolically carrying away the sins of the people. Okay, again, a theme. So this is where the term scapegoat came from. It means the one chosen to accept blame for others. And Jesus was chosen to take the blame for you and for me. He was chosen, okay? He was a scapegoat, and he was a sin offering. He was both, and he was the bull for the high priest. But over the years, uh, people started having problems with these goats. They had the scarlet, you know, tied on their horns, and they're 
released in the desert, and over the years, they'd have trouble with these goats sometimes wandering into a neighboring town or village, and it'd scare the eebie-jeebies out of them, like, oh my gosh, it's a scapegoat, it's an omen, they've come into our town, we're going to all die, God's judging us, and they'd just really, you know, freak out and be scared. So the priests, in order to uh, alleviate this and help this from happening, they, they changed the tradition some. And they took the, the scapegoat and they'd bring it up to on, the, on the edge of a cliff and they'd push it off the top of the cliff. I have a picture for, of that for you guys too. So you see the high priest, he has a little scarlet thing on the, on the goat. The high priest, they just push him off just to make sure he didn't wander into some other village again and scare people. Well, uh, this made me think of Jesus in his own hometown of Nazareth. Remember after he preached there? He wasn't that popular in Nazareth, but in Luke 4.29, it says they got up drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. You see that picture of this, the scapegoat. But Jesus walked through the crowd that day. So, but according to tradition, the high priest, before he pushed that goat over the cliff, he'd take a piece of that scarlet wool and hold it in his hands, and he'd push the goat over, and he'd watch it. And as that goat fell to his death, that scarlet wool would change colors from red to white. That's Jewish tradition in books. It's not in the Bible, but it's Jewish history and tradition. So, um, it, was, so uh, it was a sign for the people that their sins was actually covered again for another year. So that high priest said, look, it's, it's white. He goes, I didn't switch it in my pocket. Or no, it's the same one. It's, it's changed supernaturally from red to white. And that practice went on for hundreds of years and brought great joy and great peace and comfort to the people. They get assurance, our sins are covered for a whole year. So again, Jesus is our scapegoat. I want to show you also Jesus, what happened to him on the, on the cross. Matthew 27, 28 and 29. They stripped him and put a, what kind of robe on him? A scarlet robe. Why wasn't it some other color? Why was it something else? A scarlet robe. And then he twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him, Hail, King of the Jews. So remember, it was a scarlet uh, that was in the priest's hand. Scarlet was on the goat. It would change from red to white. Now look at Isaiah 1:18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Amen? He's talking to you, somebody. Amen? He's talking to you and me. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. So you see scarlet again, you see wool again, and you see it made white again. And that's how God sees you today. Remember, a shadow or the reality. If the shadow could take care of it for a year, how much more the reality of Christ? Amen? So amazingly, uh, um, what happened is after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, after he was resurrected from the dead, they, the people that didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, they kept doing these sacrifices. They kept doing uh, the scapegoat. They kept doing all these offerings. And they would uh, push the, the goat over, hold the piece in their hand, and it stopped changing color. That's Jewish text in books. I mean, it's, they still didn't make the connection. I don't know why they didn't see it. I guess they're blinded for a season or whatever. But anyway... It stopped changing color after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection because he's the one that turns you and turns me and our spirits from red to white, white as snow. He is our sin offering. He is a propitiation for our sin, the toning sacrifice. He is our sin offering, the scapegoat, the bolt, the sin offering. Amen? Amen. So, um, you know, many... 
priests did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Many of them didn't, so they continued to do these offerings again and again, year after year. But the, they had no idea that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. They didn't know that uh, it was, he was ordained to be slain for them, for the Jews first and the Gentiles. So year after year, they continued to offer these sacrifices that could never, ever take away sins, right? So they were waiting for the Messiah, not realizing he had already come. Now, scholars believe that Jesus died somewhere between 30 and 36 A.D., and the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Romans. So for 34 to 40 years after Jesus was died and resurrected, for 34 to 40 years, they still did these sacrifices day after day and year after year, offering blood upon blood upon blood, and this blood was never going to take away sins. It wasn't even atoning for sins anymore because Jesus did that. So, but once the temple was destroyed, uh, all sacrifices stopped. There were no, nowhere for the Jews to go to sacrifice anymore. It just stopped. Imagine how the Jewish people felt for thousands of years, hundreds and, like, I think it was around 1,400 years, they were doing these offerings and sacrifices in the temple. And then all of a sudden, boom, the temple is destroyed. And they're scattered all over the earth. So their confidence that their sins were, were covered rested on that the temple. It rested on those sacrifices. It rested on the, the wool changing color. And all of a sudden, it's all gone. It's all stopped. Where would their confidence now rest? And I want to ask you guys, where does your confidence now rest? No more working. If you work, you get cut off. <laughs> I'm not talking about losing your salvation, but you're going you're gonna to be cut off from the flow of his grace. You're going to frustrate the grace of God by trying to work for something that Jesus fully, completely, absolutely paid for. He had this planned out before you, even a twinkle in your mother's eye, or even a thought or a dream in your, your dad's heart. He had this before the foundation of the world, he planned this out for you and for me. Amen. Amen? So think about this. Hun- hundreds of thousands of animals were killed every, every year for the sins of, of the Israelites and people. Second Chronicles 7.5 says that when Solomon dedicated the temple, that 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats were sacrificed. That'd be a busy day. I've done deer before, and it took me long enough to do a deer, and I was like, and it wasn't too enjoyable either. It was like, I was like, oh gosh, this is, it was not too fun. But uh, that, are we there? Okay, 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep. And then another thing I saw in the Talmud, which is a historical Jewish religious text, the priests, it says, were wading up to their knees in blood. And they mentions how they killed 1.2 million animals slaughtered in one day. Imagine being a high priest back then. Thank you, God, I'm a pastor in the New Testament. But I'd be walking up to my knees in blood and killing 1.2 million animals in a day. That's a lot of blood. That's a lot of blood. But you know what? It still wasn't enough. They could have killed 2.4, 8.4, billions, a billion. They could have killed every animal on the planet, and it would never be enough. There was only one person's blood that would ever be good enough to be the, the actual sacrifice for sins, and that's Jesus. Yes. Hebrews 10.4 says it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. They couldn't take them away, but they could atone for them for a certain length of time. And that atonement for them lasted for one year. But you see, there's a difference between atonement and taking away. Okay, They're not the same thing. Atonement was to cover. Their sins were covered or hidden for an entire year, Jesus took them away. They're not covered anymore by some cloth. They're not to be remembered anymore. He removed them. He took them away, amen? So only his blood could do that. 
Think about what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus walking one day in John 1.29. The next day, John, that's John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. He didn't say who covered the sin. He didn't say uh, who atones for the sin. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He took your sins away. He took them away. They're gone. As far as the east is from the west, they've been removed from you. That's not your nature anymore. It's not who you are. It's not who you are in Christ anymore. It's been removed by the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen. And I think this message to me uh, elevates the sacrifice of Jesus. In our other stuff some people teach, it really diminishes his sacrifice. And it comes all about us and how holy we live and how righteous we live. I'm telling you, if you get this right and you receive the sacrifice first, and you receive what, the work of Christ first, you'll live more holy by accident than you ever did on purpose of works you tried to do. I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I tried that. I was probably the most frustrated Christian there was. I was so frustrated. I'm, I'm like, I'm never going to be good enough for God to love me or to accept me. And you know what? I, I'm still not. But praise God, I don't think like that anymore. Jesus is good enough for me. Jesus was and he is good enough for me. He is the atoning sacrifice for my sin, the propitiation. He is the sin offering, the scapegoat, the bull offering. He is the Lamb of God slain for you and for me to take away your sins. And not with a yo-yo and bring it back to you. It's gone. I'm telling you, it's gone. First uh, John 3, 5 says, And you know that he, has manifest, he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. It's in him, not in you, praise God. In him, there is no sins. And it says, he was, the reason he came, the reason why he was manifested was to take away your sins. You know what? I am sorry if you've never heard this message before, but it is the gospel truth. It is the gospel truth. He took them, he took them, and he took them. Amen. And you're not getting them back. And it was a one-time sacrifice for all your sins, past, present, future. People don't like that message sometimes. But I'm telling you, that's just how good the sacrifice was. Amen. He's not coming again for another redemption. He's not coming again to be sacrificed again. They did it again and again, year after year, day after day. It was never going to be good enough, their sin, for the blood shed for their sin. But one time, one sacrifice was good for all time, one time sacrifice for all time. Yeah. All time. So the old covenant animal blood covered their sins for an entire year. But the new covenant, one sacrifice, the offering of Jesus, took away your sins forever. Amen. 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 Lay hands on yourself and say amen. amen. I mean, the word of God is the absolute final say on the matter. Not our favorite theologian, not anybody else on TV, not one who has 1.2 billion followers on Facebook or something, or YouTube. It is the word of God. He said it. He meant it. That settles it. Amen? So for by one, look at Hebrews 10, 14. By one offering, guess which offering? It wasn't bulls and goats. We put that up there, Hebrews 10, 14. By one offering, he hath, not you hath, not me hath, not he hath. <laughs> he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. And the word being is actually not even there if you look it up. You're not being sanctified. Sanctified means set apart. I mean, well, let me say it this way. Your, your soul is being sanctified, but your spirit is already sanctified. It's totally set apart. It's perfected forever by the one sacrifice of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Forever. 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 
So that means your spirit right now is just as holy, it's just as righteous as it's going to be the day you get to heaven. That's not going to change. Your soul will change, your body will change, but your spirit right now is absolutely perfect forever. That's how good the sacrifice is. That's how good the sacrifice was, Jesus. One offering, not yours, not mine, but his. Amen? You may say, okay, pastor, why are you, why are you beating this so hard? Why are, you, why are you hitting this so hard? I'm going to tell you why I'm hitting this so hard, because I believe that many people are walking uh, in this very shallow level of Christianity. They're barely in the front door, not knowing they have a whole kingdom they can walk into. They're barely at the front door, because in their mind, they're such worms, and they're so dirty, and they're so nasty, and they're so unworthy, and they're so this and so that, and they're belittling the sacrifice that was made for them, and not even realizing it. Atonement was made for them. They're not the atoning sacrifice. Jesus was for us. He opened the door. He, his veil was ripped in part, was his flesh ripped apart so we could boldly walk in the throne of grace. He did it, amen? I'm telling you, people are not growing spiritually because they don't even have basic Christianity 101. This is, the, this is the kindergarten principles of Christianity that your sins are taken away and the church doesn't even know it. And so we're, we're living double-minded lives. We're, we can't even, how are we going to believe God for healing or for something else? We can't even believe God that our sins are forgiven. When it's written all through all the New Testament scriptures. Amen. We got to believe this. So let me show you some verses here to back up what I'm saying. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get a little sweat rag coming. All right. Somebody. Hey. Mm-hmm. All right. 2 Peter 1. All right. I, got, I don't got it very good. Like I said, it's only 5.2%, so it's a little low, but... I tell this my friend Mo, he doesn't think it's as funny as I do, but he said, mm-mm, brother, you're, you're not black. I said, I didn't say I was black. I said I have 5.2% is African, okay? I didn't do the DNA test. They did it, so hey, that's what it says. So Gerald has some, too. I know it. I know he does. He does. He, I know it. He got a speeding ticket listening to take the shackles off my feet so I could dance, and he was dancing his going to work, and he got a, he got a speeding ticket. <laughs> Sorry, Gerald, but I thought that was a great story. <laughs> anyway, um, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 9, it says, But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge self-control, this time with spiritual development and growth, to self-control perseverance or patience, to, per, uh, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren, which means useless, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. If you are not growing spiritually, this is where I would look right here. Do I really believe that all my sins have been cleansed? Do I really believe this? Because if you're not, you're, you're going to be stunned in your growth. You're going to be nearsighted and blind. It says you're going to be barren, useless, unfruitful, because we don't believe this. This is the church right now. How many people are you going to tell them, guess what? Jesus took my sins away. Like, you're like, they're going to think, oh, man, you arrogant, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he did. It isn't about me. It's about him. It's not about how great I am. It's about how great he is. It was his plan, not my plan. I just get to be a benefactor of that plan. Amen? So... If you, it says, if you abound in these things, faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, you will not, if you abound in those things, you will not be barren or unfruitful in, your, in the revelation knowledge of Jesus. That's a good thing. Okay? Meaning you'll be fruitful, you'll produce a harvest. But if you're barren, unfruitful, 
is because we are short-sighted and blind, and we have forgotten that he has cleansed us from our sins. We've forgotten that he took our sins away. You know what happens? We get saved. We hear a good message, and we get saved at church or wherever you get, you get born again. You receive Christ, and you believe that your sins are forgiven up to that, that day you, you prayed. It was grace that covered all that stuff. Even though you sometimes battle with thoughts of, oh, man, I wish we wouldn't have done that, and is that really forgiven? And the devil tries to bring doubt and unbelief into our heart. But his sacrifice was a one-time sacrifice for all time. It isn't just grace up into the day you got saved. It's amazing grace that extends past your life on this earth. It goes all the way into eternity. It's amazing grace. It's forever. One sacrifice forever. That's just how amazing the blood and body of Jesus that was broken for us is. It's him. Amen? And we have to know these things to, to grow in these things. The Passion Translation says this. It says, in the notes at the bottom of these verses, it says, We have closed our eyes to the mysteries of our faith, and we are still searching for the purification of our sins. It says that's why we're, we're not growing. It didn't say we, we uh, don't believe we're forgiven, but we're, well, it implies it, though. It says we are still searching for the purification of our sins, not realizing that purification happened a long time ago. A long time ago. How many of you have been tormented in your heart and your mind after you failed or lost it with your kids or you did something or said something or whatever that you knew you shouldn't have done but you did it anyway and you feel guilt and you get beaten up and, and just feel so bad about it and if you depend on what denomination you grew up in, you lost your salvation or you backslid or you whatever. And you know, the whole time, Jesus is there like a dad and say, come here, son. Uh, I've already paid for that. Come here. Come close to me. Draw close to me right now, and I'll help you walk through this. I'll not only help you walk through this, I'll help you in such a way, you won't, have to, you won't have to do that again. And if you do it again, you can come back to him again and walk with him again and walk with him again. Come boldly to the throne of grace when you need it. Well, guess when you need it? After you mess up. Yes. <laughs> right? That's what you need. That's when we need to boldly come. How can we boldly come if it hasn't been completely paid for? But it is finished. It's finished. And you can't add anything to it. But you can't take something away from it if you don't believe it. Amen? So um, Hebrews 12, uh, 6, 12, and 13. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles or the or of the oracles of God. You have uh, come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. Gagagugu. I'm, I'm telling you, if you don't understand, your sins are forgiven. You are, I don't care if you've been saved for 100 years. You are a spiritual baby. And I would say even a spiritual orphan and not even realizing that God the Father looked ahead and made provisions for your sins and mine to be absolutely ratified and taken care of through the sacrifice of his own son, Jesus. What did he say to Abraham? No, your son's not the sacrifice. Jehovah Jireh will provide the sacrifice. And he did. Amen. So people don't understand the message about righteousness, which is our right to stand with God. That is a gift. It's a gift. It's by grace. It's a grace gift. They don't understand that, and they're still babies. Amen. So they don't understand that he became sin, who knew no sin, so you could become the righteous of God through faith, not through our works. It's we labor to enter that rest by faith, Right? That's what they said in the Old Testament, too. They, they were baptized into the water, into the sea, right, when they went with Moses. But they said that many didn't enter the promised land because they didn't believe what they heard. 
You can cross over in baptism, you cross over the other side out of, out of slavery, out of all the symbolic things of Egypt, but unless you believe what you heard, you're not going to step into the promised land and kill your giants. Amen. Andrew mentioned some of that last week, Andrew Eastman. So again, um, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. This is the ministry of Jesus. This is why he came. He took your sins away. Amen. Again, it said, 1 John 3, 5, And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sins. The sin problem for you and for me has been absolutely, completely already dealt with. It's been dealt with. It's been dealt with. It's been finished, finalized. I'm telling you, you probably not hear this everywhere, but I'm telling you, you should hear this every day if you need to, because it is the truth. And your spirit right now, I believe, is bearing witness with you that you are hearing the word of truth. The Bible says your spirit bearing witness. I'm, I'm reading scripture. I got some more for you. I, uh, I'm going to close with this, and I have a, a song. I'm going to either read it, sing it, or maybe you guys don't know it. Someone told me it might be a Methodist song. See, some might not know it. I don't know. But, uh, but he took our sins away. Do you know that, Joe? I was banking that you might be the only one in here, but no one knows it. All right, well, I have to read it to you then. But there's a song we used to sing growing up, but he t- called He Took Our Sins Away. And it's pretty much, the, uh, it's funny how they make fun of the new songs that we always repeat so much, but that's pretty much the main line in the song. But, <laughs> but it's the best line in the song, right? Amen. He took our sins away. So before I get there, let me read to you Romans 10, sorry, Hebrews 10, 1 through 14. And you can see all these same things, this whole message, you can see all those in these 14 verses. For the law, having a shadow of the good things to come, not the very image of the things, can never, with these same sacrifices which they offered continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. So the Old Testament sacrifice could not do that. But the new one did do that. It did do that. Amen? Verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Weren't the offerings and sacrifices ceased now? So what does that imply? They ceased to be offered because we've been perfected. Do you see it? Can you go back one? Oh, yeah, leave it. Yeah, the first, yeah. I think that's the one. Yes. Do you see it? The reason why they stopped is because there's no more need for them. It's already been finished. Amen? For, the, for they would then have ceased to be offered, for the worshiper, once purified or cleansed, would have no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there was a reminder of sins year or every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. This is Jesus talking right here. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then he said, Behold, I have come in the volume of your book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Now look at this. Verse 8. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them. But they were still required by the law, right? So then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first. Do you see it? He takes away the first. What is the first? The first form of sacrifices, the Old Testament, all the Old Covenant. He took all the stuff away the first. He may establish the second. And by that will, not your will, not my will. By that will, we have been sanctified or set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Amen. In context, this isn't talking about all people. It's talking about all time. 
It is for all people, all, for, all who will believe, but this time all time. It's a one sacrifice for all time. It goes all the way back to Adam and all the way forward to the last person ever born. Verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. They could never do that because they were to atone for sins, not take them away. But this man, oh yeah, I feel again, mm-hmm, say, I'm say this man, <laughs> this man, talking about Jesus, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has, Jesus, perfected forever those who are sanctified. Amen. Amen. He did it. Perfected you forever. Your spirit is absolutely perfect right now. Recreated in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. Behold, all things become new. You are a child of the King. Amen. Come on, somebody. Where's the hanky? <laughs> you are. That's who you are. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We've been washed. We've been cleansed. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart. And by his will, you've been perfected forever. Yeah. You know how hard I tried to be perfect? Because in my growing up, I was quoted the verse a lot, be perfect as I am perfect. Be holy as I am holy. Because I grew up in the holiness movement. And they're good verses, but you have to understand the context and, all, and, all the, and how it applies to today. And I tried so hard to be holy. I tried so hard to be perfect. And I was frustrated in the grace of God because he already did it for me. He already did it. I didn't have any. I went through four years of school, still didn't know it because they didn't teach that. But the Holy Spirit showed me, he already did it. He who called you is perfect. And he will do it. And he will do it. First Thessalonians 5.23. Anyway, so going back to Day of Atonement, it said, Atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. So that was the truth in the shadow, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, on the Day of Atonement for a whole year. What is truth today for the sacrifice of himself? What is the truth for you today of the sacrifice of Jesus? Is it for a day? Is it for a year? Is it for a month? Or is it forever? I know our flesh doesn't feel it sometimes. We, some, we do, we, that's why that message is so popular in a lot of churches that we're just worms, because our flesh feels like that. We feel bad. We feel sometimes bad about what we've done, all those things, and remorse is okay. But it takes faith to walk in the things God said. The righteous shall live by faith, not in confessing what their flesh feels like. You step out of that flesh, out of that stuff, and into what God says about you, and you start walking in things he says when we believe what he says. And this is 101 Christianity. Your sins were taken away. Amen? So Jesus' blood did better uh, than the, Jesus' blood did better than the Day of Atonement. Amen? His blood did not cover your sins for, uh, for a year. He took them away forever. Let me share this song with you guys. It says, I came to Jesus, weary, worn, and sad. He took my sins away. He took my sins away. And now his love has made my heart so glad. He took my sins away. Do you know that one, Lucy? No, I can't. No one knows that. It must be a Methodist song. Anyways, they got one right. <laughs> they got more than one right. I'm just, I'm just kidding. They got this one right. Um, then he says, uh, he took my sins away, he took my sins away, and keeps me singing every day. I'm so glad he took my sins away, he took my sins away. The load of sin was more than I could bear. He took them all away, he took them all away. And now on him I roll my every care, he took my sins away. No condemnation have I in my heart, he took my sins away, he took my sins away. 
His perfect peace he did to me in part. He took my sins away. Do you know it, Natalie? I'm not going to actually sing it, don't worry. But Okay, I, I remember the tune. I'm just not doing it. because I don't. So uh, then the last one says, If you come to Jesus Christ today, he'll take your sins away. He'll take your sins away and keep you happy in his love each day. He'll take your sins away. Amen. Amen. Guys, this is the message of the kingdom. This is the message of the gospel. You have a covenant removal of your sins by the body of Jesus, a one-time sacrifice for all time. He is never coming again to let people torture him or beat him or whip him or punch him or pull out his beard and shed blood for us. He did it one time for all time, and you are now saved and set apart wholly unto him. Remember, it said you, you, it was in the Lord's eyes they were cleansed, remember? In, in uh, Leviticus, said, in the Lord's eyes, you shall be cleansed of all your sins. And guess what? In the Lord's eyes, you have been cleansed of all your sins for all time. Amen. Uh, let me close with this. Psalm 103.12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Guys, we're going to have faith in something. Let's have faith in our covenant. Let's have faith in what we do in communion when we celebrate this. We're not getting re-forgiven every time we, we take communion. We're not getting re-forgiven. You have forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future. It's already been taken care of. And if that makes you want to go out and sin, then you're not a child of God. But when you are a child of God, when you know all your sins have been taken care of, I mean, you, you don't want to run out and sin. You want to run closer to the Father because, you know, there's nothing separating you. There's no division between you. You can boldly come right in because he's already taken, taken care of it for you. Amen? If people that want to know how much sin they can still do, uh, and still be saved? Mm, I question whether they really had an encounter with God or not. Only God knows. I'm not the judge. Praise God. I'm thankful I'm not the judge. But, and when people want to know, that, they always want to ask that question. Paul was asked that question. Should we keep on sinning that grace may abound? God forbid, right? No. But when you get close, if you think God's mad at you, you're not going to draw close to him. But when you know he's removed all your sins, then you can boldly approach that throne of grace, and he can father you. He can mentor you. He can coach you. He can teach you. You can bring his, it's not like your sins are hidden from him. He knows what you've done. He knows what I've done. I mean, you can, you can just bring it in. God, I messed up again. I did this. I, I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to, but you know how you stop? It's by bringing it to him and receiving his grace, receiving his mercy, receiving that forgiveness. I thank you, God, that all my sins, you took them away. Even this, even this one, even this one I'm so embarrassed by. Even this one I'm so ashamed by, you took that. And I'm telling you, when you have faith in that, it will transform your salvation experience. And you'll be closer to God than you were when you ever, when you tried to memorize the whole Bible or you tried to do all these good works of things. Amen? Amen. All right, why don't you guys stand up? I'm going to pray prayer and bless you guys. I almost got a couple of you guys in the 5.2% to... to <laughs> to wave a hanky or shout or something. I was trying really hard. But um, I'm just telling you, the message of the gospel, it is, it is, the gospel means good news. And it's a too good to be true news, but yet it's true. The, God factored in our dumbness. He factored in our laziness. He factored in our flesh. He factored in our weaknesses. He factored all that stuff in. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning, and he factored it all in. And he said, it's finished. I did it. It's done. Now, I want you guys to rest from all your labor so you're not cut off from the flow of grace, 
so it can, it can move in your life and you'll grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The God, I thank you for sending Jesus. What a sacrifice. What a giving. What an offering. Thank you. You are our sin offering. You are our scapegoat. You are the burnt offering. You are all the offerings scattered throughout the Old Testament and the New. And I thank you that you took away all of our sins. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And God, we thank you for that today. I thank you that you love us. You call us sons and daughters of God. You call us your children. We're not enemies even anymore. It says enemies in our mind, it said, because of our evil behavior. We're not enemies even in our mind anymore because we have heard the truth, and the truth sets us free. We are not your enemy. We are your sons and daughters. To those who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right. He gave the right. We never earned the right. He gave the right to be sons and daughters of God. I thank you. That is what we are. God, I pray from this moment forward, everyone here, whoever watches online, they will know the truth, and the truth will set them free, that though their sins were like scarlet, there's been a miracle take place, and that scarlet wool has been changed from red to white. Though our sins were like scarlet, we've now been made white as snow by your sacrifice. And God, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Some of you that are struggling to believe this, I'm going to give you some homework to do. And all I want you to do is just confess your mouth when you're alone. Just his blood cleanses. Just just that. Just his blood cleanses. His blood cleanses or blood cleansed. You get to where you are. Use the tense you want. His blood cleansed. Just say that and say that and say that until you own it. Until it's part of who you are. And I'm telling you, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Amen. It's Jesus. Amen.